Beautiful. That's what comes to mind when we think about our human design and we're progressively exposed to the perfection of God's original design. Our lives begin to reflect that beauty. Your life is His design and His design is beautiful. Thank you for engaging with us as we are about to be further exposed to the beauty of His design as we look into the world to see Jesus. Acts 4.23 Now let's look at this together. Let me give you a backdrop. You'll be blessed tonight. Amen. Very blessed. Let me give you a backdrop. Okay. Now, um, this was the apostles after they had gone out to preach the gospel. And then a man was healed. And after he got healed, he got to the ears of the authority or to the government. And so they called them and threatened them. And said to them, we don't want to ever hear you preach about this name anymore. So this is what they did after they were threatened. Alright? The Bible says that after they were threatened and they let them go, they went to their own company. So they went to their own friends who began to pray with them. So after they were threatened, they left that spot and went to their own friends. They went to their own company and reported all that the chiefs and the elders had said. Next verse. And when they heard that, the company now lifted up their voice to God with one accord and began to pray. So the guys who had gone out to preach had a support system. That's the word. They had a support system for when the threats would come. And so when the threats came, they had a support system that they had already built. That would stand in faith with them and pray. So let me say this to you. Many of you pride yourself as solo cook. You are not solo. There's nothing to be proud about. That means I just like, I just like to do my own thing. I just like my, my space. I just like myself. There has to be a, an intentional building of that. Now let me tell you what would have happened, alright, if they didn't have this company. They will be threatened, then they will back down. Or they will be threatened, then they will withdraw. Or they will be threatened, then they will be discouraged. There are a lot of things, listen, there are a lot of things that happen to many people after they are threatened. And the reason why, and a lot of those things are negative. I'm going somewhere tonight, you're going to be so blessed. A lot of those things are negative. And the reason why those things persist is because the individual has not built a company around that thing that is threatening them. So when you have a health care, what do you do? You see, because many times we do not understand. So... I, I was listening, oh, thanks be to God for the word of God. I was listening over the weekend, just into the weekend, to Kenneth Hagin. And then he gave a story of a lady who was unconscious. She had, she, had, she had been either involved in an accident or she was sick. And then she had gotten into a coma. And so she was unconscious. She was still alive, but she was unconscious. And then he was using that narrative to talk about the fact that, how many of you know that the spirit never dies? Because I'm going somewhere with this. How many of you know the spirit never dies? So, this lady was unconscious. 
But she could hear all the conversations in the room. She could hear everything everybody was saying. Everything everybody was saying. So, um, because in that moment, you're still awake, you're still alive, alright, and your spirit's still here. In fact, even when people die, even when people die, rather, their spirits can still hear what everybody is saying. As they are making their way out, they can still hear. So when, when a person is unconscious, you know, so he was saying that if you have such a situation, how many of you have seen that movie? I can't remember the movie. Something where the lady was talking fate around the boy who had fallen. Huh? The breakthrough, yeah. So in that moment that the person is unconscious, fill the entire room with faith-filled conversations. So imagine then that all your life, all your living, waking moments, you had, uh, God help me out because I'm going to use a lot of street language. So you had Jaye Jaye people, but you didn't have anybody that knows what to say when you have, oh my God, people. But you never had anybody that knew or that knows what to say when a terrible situation happens. That's a problem. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because the, 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 the soul of that person is feeding off of every word that is being said in that room. And imagine if you didn't have the right company. People who... So we think, actually, because we can't see. We think, and that's a problem. We think that, that because we cannot see in the realms of the spirit, that nothing is going on. We're just talking. We're just talking. Ah, she's very weak. Ah, look at her hands. No. If, imagine if you spend that moment... In that room, praying in the Holy Ghost and declaring life is coming back. The person on the other side can hear you. They can hear you. So you just talk, you, you just come, you talk unbelief, talk fear, talk doubt, talk worry. But you never speak any faith-filled words into the atmosphere. Meanwhile, the person's spirit is waiting on you. Say something in line with <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? And then you just leave you. So let me tell you, I've said this thing before, I'll say it again. All your development. Just imagine that you are that person who is the friend who helps another person hear faith-filled words in those circumstances. Listen to me, let me tell you this. If you have not intentionally believed that healing and miracles happen, make sure you do it today. Because there is a generation that is waiting on you to believe it. Say amen. amen. I said there is a generation. That generation can even be your that generation can be your mother. It can be your uncle. It can be your aunt. It can be your, your sister. It can be your brother. It can be anybody. Let, let me explain. It doesn't have to be great. Do you understand what I'm saying? It doesn't have to be life and death. Check me. It doesn't have to be that. But it can simply be, oh, I, I have a headache. Or I feel discouraged. I say, no, God can do it. God can. Let me stand in faith with you. Be that plug. You know, we're always looking for plug, but let, let my plug for this, my plug for that. My, every time, how many of you feel good when, <laughs> when you find your hair plug? Ah, this is my hair plug. You be the plug for healing and health. You know, you, you understand the supernatural, the manifestation of the spirit. Be that plug. Let it be that, ah, we know that if beauty comes into the room, there will be no, there will be no ungodly conversation. Because one day, a, a friend of yours, 
Or if somebody can just be involved in something and they will need your faith at that time to pull through. Say amen. amen. So I'm going somewhere with this. So these guys went back to their own company. And guess what the company did? They didn't start to, they didn't start to complain. They didn't start to, you know, analyze. They didn't start to gossip. They didn't start to, you know, there is the company of them that clapped their hands. Did you hear? There's that. Yeah? Prim- ah, yeah, I don't even know that one. <laughs> it says premium gist. Did you hear? You see, let me tell you something. If you live your life on, with that kind of mentality and with those kind of people around you, you will never grow. You will be stagnated for life. And it won't be people from village that is doing you. It will be that you've, not, you've never at, at any point developed your mind beyond cha 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 Did you hear? Did you see? Did you... You know one thing that is common with gossipers? You know one thing that is common with gossipers? They never have the ability to do anything to change the situation. They just stop. No, no, no. But if you ask them, okay, so what can we do? It's like blank screen. Are you getting what I'm saying? They didn't go to the company of them that eat. Do you understand? You can't, you can't, you know, they know. The Bible says they went to their own company. And guess what? In this company, they have been cultivating the culture of prayer. They didn't go to the company of them that watch Netflix. It's good. But this one, they went back to their own company. And what were they doing? They began to pray. Of course, these guys narrated what had happened. And then they said, okay, let's pray. And then they began to pray. And then they began to pray. And then they got to the point where they said, Lord, grant that these guys will even be more bold in the sharing of the gospel. They had sorted the problem. I have a friend who encourages me when I am threatened. So the question is, what do you do when you are threatened? When you have a health scare, what do you do? If for any reason you have a health scare or your friend has a health scare, what do you do for them? What do you do to them? Are you the one who all you know how to do is recommend the medication to take? How many of you have parents who are not nurses or doctors but they know every medicine? Uh They know. They know all the medications to take. Say no, don't take this. Take this lubofrentrin and matriboretin. Add it; it will work. They just know what to do. They call them doctors without certificate. They know what. They always know what is wrong with you. So you're not that person that only knows how to administer drugs. Now, as you see, I have nothing against drugs, but you're that person who also knows how to lay hands. Say amen. You're also that person who knows how to take authority in the name of Jesus. You will find out as we go on that all sickness is of the devil. So while you're giving medication, I'm not, you will see as we go on, I'm not against medication. But whilst you're giving medication, make sure that you are laying hands too. So what do you do when you're threatened? If you have a scare, let, let me ask that question again. How many of you believe that your health is very important. Let me see your hands up. So do you think you need a plug that, that reminds you about what Jesus has accomplished in the area of your health? Do you think you need that? 
Do you think the friends around you need you as their plug to remind them of everything that Jesus has done? Yeah. Let me even tell you, even as your pastor, I need believing members. Do you understand what I'm saying? I need what? Believing members. So that, for example, something you hear, pastor, something is wrong with pastor. Something is wrong. Can never be, but something is wrong with pastor. I don't want members saying, hey, what shall we do now? What shall we do? You understand? See, let me tell you, in this case, it was the pastor that went to their company. You understand what I'm saying? It was a pastor. They have been threatened. Some of you don't know that your pastors get threatened. They have been threatened out there. And they came back to their company and said, do you know what? So, some, you know, your pastor goes out, he gets threatened. He wants to come back. I want to be able to call Okwe and say, you know what? I want you to stand and pray for me right now. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And then she will not say, ah, if pastor can call me, who am I? What? It then means there's see, it then means it then means there's no hope in this world. What? what are you talking about? What do you do when you're threatened? Alright? The Bible says that these guys went back to their friends who uplifted them. They went back to their friends. Who built their faith? What do you do when you have a challenge in your health? If you have a challenge in your health, what do you do? Sit down on the bed, cry all day, and then start writing your will? Is that what you do? No. Or start calling your friend, I have only four days more. What do you do? The Bible says they went back to their, to their company... And they were uplifted. Guess what? After that meeting with their company, they went out again. If you know what they, they said, look, if we hear you. And you know, it's, it's something very big when the government official itself, is, you have become so big. Now the government official can now notice you. And then the government official is telling you, shut up. You know, it's not small. It's not like when your gate man is telling you, don't preach again. The government... <laughs> So they were threatened. They were actually threatened. But by the time they went back to their company, their friends uplifted them. Do you have friends that, that fill you with faith in the area of your health? It's so important, my friend. Or all your friends don't believe in healing. You are in trouble. Or you don't go to a church where they believe in healing. Your pastor too does not believe in healing. Your pastor panics every time he hears about a health situation. You're in big trouble. You see, and that's the problem. When people are choosing who to be friends with, what church to go, where to stay, and all of that, they don't think. Can you imagine in this world that people are going to church for business contact? They say, why are you in that church? Ah, it's so that we can exchange contact, business. Ah, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a plumber. Right? I'm in that church. They're very big, big men. Very big, big men. So every time I go, I just bring up my... my I'm telling you, it's happening in this Lagos. You, you, think, I'm, you think I'm joking? I'm, I'm very serious. I'll just give my, 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 my business card so that people can call me. You know, you, know, you have to be smart. You have to be... Ah. <laughs> Do you know E.T.? You are an E.T. 
That's, why, that's the only reason why you go to church. Or that's the only reason. You, your, your, friends, your friends are only your friends because, because they, you, know, you, you can take from them. Or your true friends because of everything carnal, nothing spiritual. So they went back to their company and their, and their, and their, their company uplifted them. Don't forget that in choosing friendships, there has to be similar points of reference and similar points of identity. Similar points of reference mean that we all have our reference on life from the same perspective. For example, my friendship and yours may not last long if my reference about life is heaven's perspective and then your reference about life is your village perspective. We won't go far. Say amen. amen. So don't forget that. Alright? Now, one area where we need to follow the truth and not trends is in the area of our health. The one area where we need to follow the truth and not trends is in the area of your health. What is the truth about your health versus what are the trends concerning health? So, let's go right into the conversation. How many of you have heard about the communion? Lift your hands up if you have. How many of you partake of the communion? I'm going to be teaching about that tonight. Give the Lord a shout. Now, you know, the, the, the way some of you looked at me, I can imagine that you're thinking in your head, really, by the time I finish, you will know that there is a lot to know. Say amen. amen. Say amen. amen. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands and pray in the Holy Ghost for a few moments. Pray in the Holy Ghost. If you have a prayer language, just pray in the Holy Ghost for a few moments. No, I'm not pausing to know what to do. I know what to do, but pray in the Holy Ghost. I want you to declare as you pray in the Holy Ghost, my eyes they see, my ears they hear. I am not distracted. I have eyes that see, I have ears that hear. This word will benefit me tonight. I will live in the reality of the word tonight. In the name of Jesus and in the area of my health, I experience victory all the days of my life. I enjoy divine health. In 2021 and always. In Jesus name. Alright. So do you have a friend. Who reminds you. Or who you remind. About the power. Of the endless life. That we receive. Somebody shout I receive. receive. That we receive through the communion. Do you have a friend. That reminds you, or a friend that you remind, about the power of the endless life that we receive and enjoy through the communion. So, I'm going to talk in a few moments of a few things that you need to know about the communion. There are a few things that you need to know about the communion. Number one, please write this down. The communion is not a ritual. 
The communion is not a ritual. It's not, a, it's not meant to be a regular ritual. The communion is not something we do. It is something we receive from the Lord. Say amen. amen. Listen, look at me. Look at me. After you write, just look at me. If the communion is something that you do, then it becomes a ritual. But if it is something you receive, every time you receive it, it is fresh. Can we say amen? Amen. Now let me show you scripture, alright, because it's very important. The book of Luke chapter number 22 from verse 19 to 20. Quickly, I want you to run, 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 run. Luke 22, 19 to... Ah, nice one. Now look at this. And he took the bread and gave thanks... And broke it and did what? Gave it unto them. So, what did they do when he was giving to them? They received it. They received it from, from the master's hand. And then he said, This is my body broken for you. Um, this do in remembrance of me. He says, Likewise, he also took the cup, saying, This is the cup of the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. Next verse. Behold, the hand of... Okay, no, I'm not going here. Let's, let's look at another scripture. Matthew 26, 26 to 28. Quickly. Matthew 26, 26 to 28. I'm still on the first one. The communion is not a ritual. It's something you receive from the Lord. And I'm showing you scripture. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and, and gave it to the disciples and said... Take, eat. This is my body. So they received it from the Lord. Mark 14 and verse 22. Quickly. Mark 14, 22. And as they eat, as they did eat, Jesus took bread and blessed it and break it and did what? Hey, church, talk to me. And did what? Gave it to them. So they received it. Alright, 1 Corinthians 11 and verse 23. You would now stay in 1 Corinthians 11 because I want, that's where I'm going to be teaching you. 1 Corinthians 11 and verse 23. Alright, now look at what Paul is saying. Let's read together one to go. For I have what? Received of the Lord that which I also what? Deliver to you. So I've received it from the Lord, which I am giving to you, so that you receive it as well. So every time you partake of the communion, you're supposed to see it in your spirit's eye as the Lord giving it to you. Say, Amen. Amen. Even though your hands have uh, prepared it, the elements, it is your hands that prepared it, but it is the Lord with your spirit's eye. You see that it is the Lord giving it to you. Oh, church, say amen. Amen. Do you understand what I'm saying? So it's the Lord giving it to me, even though it's my hands that prepared it, but I receive it from the Lord. So I declare unto you, that which I receive from the Lord, I'm also delivering to you what I have received from the Lord. So that's the first thing that you must know. The communion is to be received in your spirit's eye. You see it as something you receive from the Lord. Say amen. Yeah. 
So it will cease to be a ritual if every time you partake of it, you are seeing it as the Lord giving it to you. I'm going to go into some very amazing stuff tonight. You will be so blessed. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now let's go to that scripture, alright? Let's just continue reading, okay? 24. He says, And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take it, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. 25. And when, in the same manner, he also took the cup, and when he had supped, saying, This is the cup of the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you show the Lord's death until he comes. Next verse. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink of this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. Stop. Stop. Go back. So it says, anybody who eats it and drinks it unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the, all right, of the cup of the Lord. Right? Now the question I want to ask you is, how in this, in this world is this verse referring to a person that has sinned. Ask yourself. You have grown up in churches and in ministries where they say to examine yourself before you partake of the communion. The question I want to ask you, how does this look like if you have sinned? That's the reason why you shouldn't eat. The next question I want to ask you is, is there already sin in the world? And are people sick in the world? Is it possible that the person who is eating got sick even before they sinned? Sorry. Is it possible that the person eating got sick even before they ate? People are already sick. <laughs> Newsflash. People are already sick in the world. Don't you get it? They're already sick. Many of them didn't get sick because they ate communion. <laughs> they got sick because they live in the world. So, some of you think, oh, if you eat of the communion, you are going to get sick. Then you are going to die. No. You don't need the communion to be sick. People are already sick without the communion. The communion is not what brings you sickness. The communion is your exemption from sickness. It is not the communion that brings sickness. The communion is not a cause of sickness. Since there is already sickness in the world... The communion is not the reason why people are sick. Alright? Instead, the communion is your exemption from the sickness. People don't think. So if you look at that particular scripture in context, you're going to realize that it wasn't talking about, you know, um, 
the unworthiness of the person eating. He was talking about the manner in which he was being eaten. The manner, not the person. I guess what I'm saying. So it is the way it's being eaten, not the person who is eating. Oh, you better listen very carefully tonight. Better listen very carefully. So it's the manner of eating, not the person who is eating. Let me give you an example. So a person can be very clean. Look at the way I'm dressed. Very clean. But then you're eating in a dirty manner. So we don't say that you are unclean because you're eating in a dirty manner. We say stop the manner the way you're eating and eat normally. Eat like a, <laughs> like a normal person. I guess what I'm saying. So Paul was addressing the manner in which people were eating. And the manner was, you know, without control. So let me explain. So people come to church and they come as though they don't have food in their houses. So as they are, as they are passing the communion element, the people are cutting it. In fact, you know, because the wine, if you look at it, the wine is actually real, real wine. It's actually alcoholic wine. So the Bible says that they, they, they already, I mean, the service has not started. Somebody's already passing out drunk. <laughs> He's already drunk out there. He says he hasn't even begun. In fact, let me tell you something. If you study your Bible very carefully, the reason why the people went from house to house, and every time they had service, it was to break bread. They broke two breads. One, they broke the communion bread, and then they shared the word. So before the service is beginning, somebody's already, you know, high. You know, and so Paul was angry. He was like, what's wrong with you guys? Don't you have food at home? And now told them, eat well before you come for service. So that when you come for service, the communion is for communion. It's not for, <laughs> it's not for eating. It's not for eating so that you can be full. Because the people who... How many of you... Oh boy, some people did it. And it's so amazing how some people did that. They'll take, um, they take this stuff before they go to weddings. Alright? They take... First of all, they don't eat anything. Alright? Then they take Andrew's liver sauce so that their tummy will be completely wiped out. Hey, you guys think I don't know about these things? So their company is com- their, their stomach is completely empty. And then God, God help you. You go into that wedding and the food doesn't go around. You will, you will, you will. Do you understand what I'm saying? So that's the kind of thing they were doing in church. The communion had now become the element for their filling their stomach. They didn't care about seeing it for what it was. And then, you know, Paul was saying, if you don't see it for what it is, you will die of the things that you're supposed to be exempted from. Look at the next verse. Look at the next verse. He says, but let a man examine himself so that he'll eat of the bread and drink of that cup. Continue. He says, for he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh what? Damnation to himself. What? Not discerning what? The Lord's body. So the problem is their inability to discern the Lord's body, not their eating. I get what I'm saying. And like I said before, it is not the eating that produced sickness. There's already sickness in the world. Can we say amen? amen. 
So the eating is the exemption, not the, not the cause. Praise the Lord. So it wasn't their eating that was a problem. Now, if you don't discern the Lord's body, here's what, for example, let me give you an example. Imagine for one moment that Cynthia is a top executive in Microsoft. And then I, I meet her on the road, and because she's not, she's probably putting on flip-flops. How many of you have seen those very funny skits? So she's putting on flip-flops, and I'm going there for an interview. And she's the HR manager, for example. West Africa, Microsoft. And then, because I see her on the road putting on flip-flops, I'm like, who is this one? Please get out, get out. And then I'm rushing, I'm rushing inside. You know, and as I enter the room, and it's my turn, guess who I see? Cynthia. She's the one that is among the panel to introduce me, to interview me. In fact, she's the one who is going to decide whether I get the job or not. You know the reason why I'm not going to get that job? I didn't discern rightly how to treat people well. Are you getting what I'm saying? So not discerning the Lord's body, that is not seeing it for what it is. Not seeing it for what it should be able to do is the reason why people are sick and people are dying. Because that thing is supposed to be the exemption from sickness. But if you don't see it for what it's supposed to do, it's not going to help. Can we say amen? Oh, church, are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? So the first thing that I want you to know is that communion is not a ritual. You're partaking of it as something you are receiving from the Lord. Number two, communion is, is not the reason why people are sick. <laughs> you know, isn't that amazing? That a lot of people actually think that communion is the reason why people are sick. Because the people who are taking communion are not taking it right. That's the reason why they are getting sick. It's as though if you, are, if you are an unbeliever, or sorry, if you have sin in your life, and then you take the communion, God is going to now punish you for taking the communion with sickness. Hey, hey, look at me. Look at me. Is that not what they told you in church? Yeah. So, you know, what people do is that they, 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 they go back and then they ensure that they are extra, extra pure and extra, extra clean. And how? They say, I, I think about every sin that I've committed. Every sin. My eyes scans through all the sins. And then I confess them one by one by one by one. So when they say, examine yourself, they say, I look in words. And I begin to look at myself to know what area of sin. You are joking. This cannot be telling you to examine yourself. You know why? If you look at the old covenant, and when they brought the lamb, Caligoparagastus, the priest's job does not, oh boy, I want to do something now. So when they bring the lamb to the priest, the priest does not look at the man who brought the lamb. He is actually supposed to examine the lamb, or to examine, to look at the lamb. He does not look at the man who brought the lamb, because we all know why you brought the lamb. The reason why you brought the lamb is that you are not worthy. So you brought a lamb to stand in your place. So the priest will be stupid, double, double stupid, to look at the lamb and look at the man. So when I bring the lamb, the lamb is here, the man stands separate from the lamb. And then the priest looks at the lamb to ensure that he has no spot and that he has no blemish. 
And when it has no spots and no blemish, the priest will ask the man to place his right hand on the lamb's head, transferring all his guilt into the lamb and taking the innocence of the lamb. It's redundant to examine yourself when there is a lamb. So it's not asking you to examine yourself in that sense. I'll, I'll come back to that. If there is already a lamb, that's, it's not asking you to examine yourself in that sense. Because the writer of the scripture knows what he's talking about. Now, when we got our lamb, you know, in the old covenant, the man stands separate from the lamb. In the new covenant, first of all, that, that conversation of, you know, is the lamb worthy? When they look at the lamb, all right, they check if he has blemishes and spots. And if he doesn't have, they say, okay, this lamb is worthy, all right, to, to, to stand as this man's sacrifice. Well, one of the announcements that came out of heaven about Jesus from the beginning is worthy is the lamb who was slain. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Worthy is the lamb who was slain. So, <laughs> Jesus is not a lamb that is looking for worthiness. Jesus is a lamb that came worthy. So we don't examine ourselves to check whether... You don't look inward to check whether there's, any, there's no sin in your life before you partake of the communion. Otherwise, there will be no reason to look to the cross. When God tells you look to the cross, He's not asking you to look to the cross and look at yourself at the same time. Okay, let me, let me, let me tell you. Stand up and sit down. Stand up, sit down. No. Do the two at the same time. Stand and sit at the same time. It doesn't make sense. When you look to the lamb, you can't be looking at yourself. When you look at yourself, you can't be looking at the lamb. It's one of the two. You've got to decide which one you want. If you look to the lamb, you can't be looking at yourself. If you're looking at yourself, you can't be looking at the lamb. And you've got to do one. So when he's saying, examine yourself here, he's saying, examine yourself to be sure that you're eating worthily. That is, to be sure that you have rightly discerned the Lord's body. It's about your discernment. Oh boy. For example, I take Modupe's phone. And then I think it's a calculator. <laughs> or I think it's a Tibetanese bat. So I take her phone. I say, start, pass, pass. So I can use that phone. Thank you, precious Holy Ghost. The power of God is here. I can use this phone for 20 years as a bat, not discerning it is a phone. Do you understand what I'm saying? So I don't discern that it is a phone. And I can be somewhere in Ekiti. And everywhere is dark. And I'm in trouble. And I have a phone all the while that I thought was a bat. If I only use it to make a call, I'll be out of there in a jiffy. But because I didn't know, what's this in your hand? Alright? No, it's a Tibetanese bat. No, it's a phone. You can call whoever you need. You can call for the help that you want right now. And that help is going to come right now. What is the problem of that folk? Discerning that this is a phone. What is the problem of the believer? Discerning that the body is for my healing. Glory to God. Now, I want you to understand that because I just said that, look, listen, there's been sickness in this world before you came. In fact, let me tell you, there's been sickness before you sinned. 
Oh boy. But do you know, there's been sickness even before you made your first mistake in life. People have been sick. Now, let me tell you, when they said, hey, look at me, look at me. Please don't look to the left, don't look to the right. Just look straight at me. When they told me when I was younger, that if you, if you partake of the communion with sin in your life, then you'll be sick. I began to ask myself questions. No, 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 this is not consistent. Do you understand? Because now I knew people who were good guys. <laughs> I knew people, I don't want to mention my mom anymore because you all know the story. But I knew people who were really good people, who were really nice, who were really, I mean, these guys can't tell you a lie to save anybody. They can't tell no lie for no reason. These were good, nice, holy, wonderful Christians. But they still got sick. And many of them died. Then I knew something was wrong. They didn't discern this thing that they were saying people should not take was the exemption from the sickness. They didn't know. And they were good guys. Nice guys. These guys were holy by their own human standards. But I found out that there is a holiness that comes from the Lord. Are you getting what I'm saying? And it is a pronouncement. It's a nature. Our holiness is in nature. That's who we are. Praise the Lord. And I found out that holiness was not the, the length of your skirt. Holiness was your exemption from the curse. The reason why you will not partake of the sickness is because you're holy. You're set apart. Oh, you didn't hear what I'm saying. Holiness means to be set apart. Consecration means that you're separated. Say amen. amen. So people are already sick without partaking of the communion. Alright? Alright? People are already sick without partaking of the communion. Now here's what the communion does. The communion brings you the consciousness of healing and health. And not the consciousness of the sickness that is in the world. It brings you the consciousness of healing and health. Every time you have your... Your elements in your hands, I told you, you must see it as being received from the Lord. Even though your hands repaired it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And then, and then every time you have that, there's a consciousness in your mind that I am separated. Can we say amen? amen. Oh, glory to God. How many of you know that there's a connection between what you eat and how healthy you'll be? How many of you know? Let me show you scripture. Oh, Mangatigo Paragastus. Oh, glory to God. Are you excited here? Oh, man, take O Paragastus. How many of you know that scripture? Who satisfies our mouth with good things? And our youth is renewed like the eagle. I want you to put it on the screen. The book of Psalms. I can't remember what scripture it is. But put it on the screen. we find it. Who satisfies our mouth with, with, with good things? So that our youth be renewed like this. I want to show you that there is a connection, right? Who's talking? Somebody was talking. Let, let's find it. Let's find it. You can just do a quick Google, okay? I want to just show you something. Have you found it? 
I have it here, but I, I just don't want to. Who satisfies our mouths with good things, so that our youth is renewed like the eagle. Have you found it? One one three verse what? One o three verse five. Put it on the screen. Psalms one o three and verse five. Yeah, let's read this together. Want to go? Who satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagle? Can you see the connection between your mouth being satisfied with good things and the reversal of age? So that there's a connection between what is going into your mouth and how healthy. You see, when, when it says your youth is renewed like the ego, you must understand that that's a health conversation right there. You understand? Because it is expected that as you get older, you're supposed to be getting weaker. But now it's saying your, your youth is renewed like the ego and it's all connected with your mouth being satisfied with good things. Your mouth satisfied with good things. Your youth renewed like the eagle. So what's the good thing that God satisfies our mouth with? What's the good thing that God ensures that our mouth is satisfied with? There's a connection. That's what I was trying to bring to your notice. There's a connection between what you eat. Alright? And the quality of life that you're going to have. Many of you know that in the sphere of your, of your health and all of that. But what you don't know is in the sphere of this conversation, you don't understand that the quality of your eating would, would influence the quality of your life. Can we say amen? amen? Look, I'm telling you, first of all, I know, be honest, listen, look at me everyone. I want you to listen to me with your spirits. Because after today, you're going to use what you're learning. But you're going to do it with a better consciousness. Can we say amen? And you're going to get results. I was over the weekend listening to the story of a man who had, you know, received a report from the doctor of having, is it stage 2 or stage 3, bladder, cancer of the bladder. And he said when he got to the hospital and got the news, he took the news and went home. And whilst he was taking... You see, they told him, the doctors told him that it's a rare form of, of cancer. And in a short while, you're going to be gone. And they, they told him, even with medication, you have only 20% of survival. So he took the medication all right, but he was taking it with communion. Went back. In fact, he took it like he was taking the drugs. Morning, afternoon, and night. Morning, afternoon, and night. Went back to the doctors cancer free. Wow. I'm telling you, you better have friends who believe in the supernatural. You know, if you're the kind that every time you hear of a miracle, you say, huh, huh, they've come again. Huh, huh, they, 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 they've come again. All of these dupes. Like, who wants to dupe you? <laughs> Are you the kind that they dupe? <laughs> No, I, I, didn't, I didn't mean that as an insult. But I'm just saying, come on, relax. You're too full of yourself. Calm down. <laughs> are, you, are you really? Yeah, who, who is in charge? What's my business with you? <laughs> oh, my goodness. 
<laughs> Praise the Lord. Give the Lord a shout. Glory to God. So there is a connection between what you eat and the quality of life. You better take this thing. You better take it. Oh boy, as I was listening over the weekend, I, at some point I began to cry. I said, Lord, you are so good. You are so good. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Woo, thank you, thank you. Now write this down, please. All sickness is of the devil. All sickness is of the devil. That's why the Bible says that Jesus went about healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. All sickness is of the devil. That's the reason why Jesus went about healing all that were oppressed. So sickness is of the devil. Sickness is not something that God puts on you to teach you a lesson. God does not teach a lesson to his children using Satan's instrument. You understand what I'm saying? If God wants to correct you, he corrects us in love. He doesn't use Satan's equipment to teach you a lesson. No, he doesn't do that. Sickness, say it with me, sickness is of the devil. Oh, I want you to say it out loud. Sickness is of the devil. God is the cure. Hallelujah. Do you understand what I'm saying? Praise the Lord. Now, there is something about... Um, your health that you must understand. Medical doctors will tell you that you should exercise, right? And I'm for exercise. In fact, if you listen to me on, on Wednesday, come on, you know, I was talking about the fact that, you know, I have a new plug, where even though that plug self, I don't trust that plug anymore. But I have a new plug that is supposed to help me with my fitness, you know, running, jogging, and all of that. But you see, the reason why we, we cannot trust exercise is because exercise is a physical response to a spiritual problem. <laughs> if sickness is of the devil, are you hearing what I'm saying? Hey, look at me, church. If sickness is of the devil, and you want to use exercise to chase it away... You know, I heard of someone who was the fittest fan that you could ever imagine. Doesn't drink carbonated water, doesn't drink carbonated drinks, doesn't take sugar, doesn't take all of that, doesn't take this, doesn't take that, you know, you know, watches every calorie, you know, watches everything that they eat. Thank you, put that on the screen, please. Watches everything that they eat and all of that. And then he came up with stomach, he came down with stomach cancer. Today he's no more. Look at that. No, put the next one. The problem with exercise and diet is that they are our physical response to a spiritual issue. So do them. But don't trust in them. You didn't hear me. Do it. But do not what? Trust in them. The communion is a supernatural way of dealing with something supernatural. And the good thing about the communion is that it does not have side effects. No. 
You know, when you take those medications, right? Oh boy, I saw, uh, if, you, if you look at some of the body of the drugs that you take, you probably never want to take drugs anymore. It will cause dizziness. <laughs> it will cause, you know, amnesia. It will cause a few seconds. In fact, sometimes when you look at all the things that they write on the body, you'll be like, so why am I taking this thing? It can slow down your heart rate. In fact, there was a time I had to use drops on my eyes. And when I saw what they wrote on the drops for the eye, I said, what's the connection between my... They say, if you take it, it has a way of slowing down your heart rate. I'm like, what? Why, why is something I put in my eyes slow down my heart rate? Exercise, all right. That's good. That's good. Exercise as much as you want. But you must understand that the communion is a supernatural solution for a supernatural problem. And the good thing about this is that it has no side effects. You can take it 15 times a day. 20 times a day. So long as you're discerning rights. Can we say amen? amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Oh, glory to God. Doesn't have the side effects. So I've told you. What was, what was the first thing that I said? It's not a ritual. It is what? Okay, so it's not a ritual. It is something we receive from the Lord. What's the second thing I said? Huh? So it is not the reason why people are sick. Rather, it is the cure for sickness. Can you imagine God giving you sickness simply because you did not discern the body right? Now, you see, look at me, look at me. You know, when it comes to partaking of the communion, there are some people who say, after all, it's just bread and wine. It's not just bread and wine. It's bread and wine. So wait, what makes it consecrated? Because the pastor stood over it and said, it is blessed. And then because it is blessed. So these same guys will tell you, it's not just bread and wine. But on, on another camp, they believe that it is the same common bread and wine that is causing people to be sick. If it's that common, how can it cause somebody to be sick? Because they didn't take it right. But it's supposed to be common, right? You said it's common. So how is it the reason why you're not taking it because you're afraid that you don't want it to make you sick? The devil is a liar. See, people are not thinking. It's a common bread and wine. But you're not taking it because it's going to make you sick. Meanwhile, (laughs) that same common bread and wine, alright, with the right revelation of Jesus and what he has accomplished for us, Do you understand what I'm saying? That same common bread and wine that somebody believes will give them sickness. The real interpretation is that as we take it, you are taking in health and wholeness. But it's like the devil to always perverse things that are good. Came to those guys in the garden and said, has God said you should not eat? Then he lied. God knows that the day you eat, you surely die. Anything to keep them from Enjoying what God has, has created. In the same vein, anything to keep you from, you know, I know, I, sometimes I feel like knocking some sense into, into some people's head in church. We're passing, and then I'm giving the communion, and then as I'm taking the communion basket, this one says no. This one says no. I'm like, I feel like, I feel like slapping sense into your head. Don't you understand what's going on here? They've told you don't eat. Ah, ah, be careful. <laughs> Don't eat too. 
Meanwhile, there was a lady in the Bible that was a prostitute. In fact, I'm imagining she just came up out of the prostitution bed and came straight to Jesus. And the Bible says she touched him. In fact, because that's her business, she's into prostitution, she touched him in a sensual, sexual way. What she did to Jesus was what she does to get her money. That, that wiping of, you know, feet and all that stuff. And Jesus did not say, fall down and die there. <laughs> you, you, you immoral woman. Fall down and die now. You know what Jesus said to her? That you are able to see me. That you are able to see me and recognize me as Savior. Your sins, even though they are many, are forgiven. Say you, you are touching symbol. She, she taught the real thing. She didn't die. What you are touching is not bread and wine. That is symbolic, Abby. She, she came, she touched the real guy. And Jesus did not say, we strike you dead now. <laughs> or get thee behind me, Satan. He didn't say that. Instead, he looked at her. You see, because, listen, every time you see Jesus with reverence in your heart, let me ask you a question. Do you read your Bible and ever see anybody that Jesus said, you know, today, I'm not in the mood to heal anybody. Don't try me. (laughs) If you try me, whatever you see, you take. You know, there are pastors like that. Whatever, anything you see, you just take today. Don't try me. Or, all of you, line up. Straight line. If you fought with your wife today, left. If you have not paid your tithe, right. All of you who did not pray this week, to the back. In fact, let me tell you, the problem, let me tell you. Because Jesus had not died, Nobody had the power to believe yet. Let me explain. That is, nobody had experienced the new creation birth. Yes, sir. So, if you look at it, all of them were disqualified. All, take a tail apart. All, they were all disqualified, but for Jesus. So, because Jesus was the one administering the service, don't go to Elijah's service, fire. Don't go to Peter's service. People will fall down, Ananias and Cyprus. Go to the service of Jesus. If you come to Moses' service, don't come close. Because the mountain, you will die. If you come to Elijah's service, you will be seeing fire flying up and down. And people are still looking for fire. They say, Lord, send down the fire. Send down. He's not sending fire. You didn't hear me. If you go, if you, if you go to Peter's service, you will see problem. Because Peter is like this. Like this, like this. Well, if you come to Jesus, hey, hey, yeah, yeah. the Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You never find him saying, okay, you know what? You go away. You're not worthy. His worthiness is enough. You understand? Everybody who dared to see him and come close to him, he says, my worthiness covers you. And actually, listen to me, sickness and disease was the little thing, you know, it was, you know, do you understand? In the hierarchy of things Jesus came to do, that was the smallest. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Shout with me. Shout this with me. What is the lamb that was slain? What is the lamb that was slain? 
Look at me. All of you who go out to preach the gospel, let me tell you something. All of you who go out to preach the gospel, let me tell you. When you find somebody who is sick, that's the littlest of your problem. Listen, it takes more eh, to get a person born again. When I say it takes more, you must understand what I'm saying. I'm not saying it takes more. Because all it takes is believing in Jesus, confessing Jesus. But what I'm saying is that it takes more for the new creation to proceed out of a person than for a person to be healed. Anybody, any rat, any goat, any chicken can be healed. Any. Yes. Listen. <laughs> I said what? Any. 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 Glory to God. Hallelujah. Anita, any. And it's not just one kind. It is any kind. Say amen. Amen. Alright? So this, the communion is a supernatural way of dealing with a supernatural, a spiritual problem. Okay? Now, write this down please. Have a fresh revelation of what Jesus did every time you partake of the communion. In fact, let me, let me, so let me say that again. Have a fresh revelation of what Jesus did every time you partake of the communion. Fresh. Somebody shout fresh. fresh. Oh, somebody shout fresh. fresh. Every time you partake of the communion, have a fresh revelation of what Jesus has done. Fresh. Let's look at Hebrews 10 and verse 20. Quickly. Hebrews 10 and verse 20. I want to show you something. And then we'll look at Revelation 5 and verse 6. Hebrews 10 and verse 20. It says, By a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil. That is to say, through his flesh. Now listen. That word by a new is called prophetos. And it, when it says new, it is prophetos in the Greek. And it means freshly slain lamb. So when it says, go to the 19th verse, please. 19. I want to show something. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest of holies by the blood of Jesus. So how do we come? Alright, we remember what Christ has done. That's how we come. I guess what I'm saying. No, he's not saying by the blood of Jesus. That is, go and look for blood. Do you understand? In fact, when many people say, I plead the blood. I plead the blood. I plead the blood. Who gave you the blood? How did you get it? Which blood are you pleading? You don't have access to the blood. The blood cleansed you. To give you a name. Okay, you didn't hear me. What you have access to is the name of Jesus. His blood cleansed you to bring you to another place where you have his name. And his name is enough. Praise the Lord. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? But now look at what he's saying. He says, you come to the Holy, Holy of Holies by the blood of Jesus. In this case, we come standing in the name of Jesus. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Can you hear me? Now it says, but look at what you, you have to, verse 20. Because I want to I tie this thing up. 
It says, by a new and living way. That word new and living way is talking about how you come. It's talking about how you enter. It's talking about the consciousness that you must have. And it's saying, by a new and living way, that new and living way is by, it's like the new word there is, is a lamb that was freshly slain. So, it's as though, as you're partaking of the communion, you're seeing that Jesus, now, now, just died for me. (laughs) You know, there are many people who actually think that Jesus died 2,000 years ago. So, they have that historic idea of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. No, we're looking at fresh, new, and living ways. Fresh. It's, It's ever fresh. How many of you know that what Jesus did is ever fresh? Never gets stale. Every day is fresh. Every day is fresh. That's the consciousness that you must have. Let's look at another scripture. Revelations 5 and verse 6. Quickly. Revelations 5 and verse 6. It says, And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne of the four beasts, And in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as if it had been slain. Fresh lamb, freshly slain. That's the consciousness that must be on your heart. That this sacrifice is fresh. It's as fresh as today. Glory to God. As though it has been slain and all of that. So it's a fresh, fresh idea. Fresh revelation of what Jesus did. Every time you have the communion, see that it is the Lord giving you his body and his bread. And it must be fresh in your mind. Partake like the lamb was freshly slain. That is the picture that you should have in your heart as you receive from the Lord. The lamb in the Old Testament. Did you notice that the lamb in the Old Testament was actually never tortured before he was killed? How many of you know? Did you notice that when they brought the lamb in the Old Testament, they didn't beat it, hit it, slap it. They just killed it in a humane way. You know, they just slaughter it and then put it on the, on the altar. But this lamb, wow. our lamb, you see, that old lamb that they did not torture still brought, look up at me everyone. That old lamb that they did not torture still brought freedom from sin for one year. In fact, Psalm 105 says, the Bible says in Psalm 105 that the people came out of Egypt, none of them were feeble in their bodies. So have you asked yourself why Jesus had to be beaten? Have you asked yourself? Has any of you asked, if the Old Testament, should be types and shadows, Abby, the Old Testament lamb, they just slaughtered it. But this New Testament lamb, they had to beat him, they had to, they had to, you know, slice his back, you know, they ripped his side, you know, they, they wounded him, he bled and suffered, and all of that. Why? Because by his stripes. Those stripes were for something called parakataya. Because by his stripes, we are, by every laceration that he took on his body, I got my healing. I got my health. 
by his stripes. That's why he had to be striped. That's why he had to be beaten. So that by his stripes I'll get healed. The essence of the beating was so that I'll be healed. Do you know that Jesus could have just... <laughs> Cynthia, come. You know that Jesus, they could have just taken Jesus. Just take him like this. Say, come, follow me. They just take him. Take him here. They stand. They say, bring the cross. Bring the cross. And then... They just put the cross and then they just put him on it. Finish. Abby? Yeah. Abby's story has ended. Go back to your seat, Dad. <laughs> but from, from, from where the conversation started, it started with whippings. Wow. With, with long whoops. Strapped yeah. on his back. And then these things had those spikes that when they flap it on his back, they pull it. Do you understand what I'm saying? And then when they put it on his side, he pulled it. So his side ruptured. And then whilst he was going to that cross, the Lord says to you, listen, eat and be full. Eat and be full. <laughs> eat and be full. So whilst he was on that cross, look at me, whilst he was on that cross, alright, the Bible says, he was, he, was, he, was, he was known, the Bible says that God put all your sin on him. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 21. All your sin was placed on him. You know, the weight of the sin that he carried made his heart to rupture on the cross. Are you hear what I'm saying? Why was he tortured? You see, listen, listen. When you take that body, alright, and you're partaking of that body, you know, we use the wafer, right? As you're partaking of that body, your mind, how many of you have a graphic mind? Let me see your hand. You have a pictorial mind. Okay. Awesome. Most ladies have a pictorial mind. Because that's what they used to imagine. <laughs> From when they were small. They imagine how their wedding will be. They imagine, they imagine everything. Cinderella story. You know everything. They just, so I love you all. Amen. Amen. So use that mind now. And travel all the way to the cross. And see how he was. Picture it. Picture it. Picture it. See how he was wounded. See how he was bruised. And as he was being bruised. He was looking at you and saying. I love you. Now, some of you might be wondering, what kind, of, what kind of thing is that? How can you say that? Well, Stephen did the same thing. I feel the glory and power of God now. Stephen did the same thing. Once he was on that place, and they were stoning him, he looked up, and every time you call us, take ticket, the power of God is here. I know it. I know it like I know my name. And every time you look up, don't look at the stones. Every time you look up, God will show you something that will make you, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. If you look at the stones, you'll be hurt. But if you look to the Lord, the heavens will open and your eyes will see Jesus. And let me tell you, every time your eyes see Jesus, your challenges become small. Do you notice that they were stoning this guy actively, actively. When I'm saying actively, <laughs> Cynthia, you're the one I'm using today. You know, they carry the rocks. Boom! You see how beautiful our face is. Boom! Now, see, he was tied to a tree. Alright? So he can't do like this. He can't do none of that. 
So every rock that was being thrown was hitting his face. But the Bible says in that moment, let me tell you, your challenge is not, can never. See, listen, don't allow your challenge to be bigger than your revelation. In that moment of those stones hitting him, the Bible says his eyes were open and he looked up and the heavens were open over him. And because of the glory of what he saw, he said to God, forgive them, they do not know what they're doing. The lamb in the Old Testament was never tortured. But the lamb, this lamb, was tortured. And that torture was for your healing. Can we say amen? Are you hearing what I'm saying? I want you to put that last slide on the screen. I have a friend who reminds me that Jesus paid for my healing and my health. I have friends who I remind that Jesus paid for their healing and their health. So every time you partake of the communion like we'll be doing tonight, it's not a ritual. It's not something that, you're, that you do. It's something that the Lord gave. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. How many of you know that Jesus paid for your health? Can we agree together in this service that you won't spend one more day? So, 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 look at it. This thing that is this good, that's what religion has turned to be so bad. So nobody wants to partake of the communion anymore. Everybody's doing fit fam. Fit fam. FIFA. FIFA. If you exercise three times a week, partake of the communion five times a week. And every time you partake, see the Lord as giving you. See that you're receiving it from the Lord. See Him wounded for you. See Him scourged for you. See Him bruised for you. Here's what I want you to do. Believe it. And then teach your friends about it. Look at me. I close on this one. How many of you know that you can be your, your friend's health plug? Don't be the person that will say, ah, hopeless. Helpless. Not you. And do you know what? Do you know another thing? Do you know you don't need to give a special seed to believe what I'm saying now? Somebody was telling me, was it during the week or last? I can't remember when. I can't remember when. I actually can't remember. Like there are places where you go to and then you have to pay money for them to see for you and prophesy. He exists? In this world? You have to give them money? Oh boy. Oh boy. And I think there are different rates. Yeah. I remember she was telling me her experience. She's the one. She was telling me her experience. You understand what I'm saying? That you, you, there are places where you go 
and the glory of God is on you. And they, they, have to, they have to pay money. You know? Does that happen? It's so sad. Prayer, pray, money so that you can be delivered. Oh my goodness. Isn't that sad? Would you just lift up your hands and thank the Lord for your freedom? I want you to decide this year that this will be your healthiest year yet. Say, Jesus, I see you, I see you, I see you, I see you, I see you. I see you wounded for me. Rise to your feet, everyone. Please rise. Please rise. Thank you for engaging with us in this episode. We trust that your life has been beautified. If you'd like to share what Jesus is doing in your life through this ministry, please write to us at hellabootblueprintstories.org. You can visit our website at www.blueprintstories.org. You can also follow us on Facebook at The Blueprints Church and on Instagram at The Blueprints Church. Cheers.